Welcome to Word of Truth with Reverend Azuka Obi. Hi, welcome to Word of Truth with Reverend Azuka Obi. I'm your host, Chukudumobi. Merry Christmas in Aria as I trust you had so much fun with family and friends on the 25th and I know that you celebrated Jesus who is the reason for the season. Like I promised in the past previous weeks that I'm going to start talking on a series that will strategically position you for the coming year. 2019 is an awesome year. It's a year that will be filled with challenges but like if you know me I love challenges and I teach people to love challenges because at the other end of every challenge is a next level. At the other end of every challenge is a level up. So when you embrace challenges, the truth is that you're embracing your next level. But that being said, the principles I'm going to teach you in the coming weeks are principles that will better arm you to take on any challenge, anything 2019 has to throw at you. There are principles to success. There are principles for success. And what I'm going to teach you is a military principle, but if implied even in the civilian world, will take you a notch higher. The series I'm going to start is what I call the mind series. But this first one is a series I call improvise, adapt and overcome. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. This is a mantra of the US Marine. And like you know, this are a group of elite soldiers. They are trained to have a mindset to deal with any spiritual, mental, and physical challenge as they arise in the battlefield. They recognize that it is all in your mind if you succeed or fail. That you can train your mind to see opportunities in the midst of challenges. That is awesome. A lot of the billionaires in the world, when you interview them, they saw an opportunity in the midst of a challenge. The truth is that you only make money when you provide solutions to problems. And this is how they train the US Marine Force. They are trained to see opportunities in the midst of challenges and turn those challenges, use those opportunities for their good. By adapting to precarious conditions, then breaking through those challenges and winning. The end is winning. The end is not giving in. The end is not giving up. The end is winning. In 2019, you will win. I know that for sure. Incidentally and beautifully, if I may add, this mentality can also help civilians when applied to our daily lives as well. Because life is a war. That's the truth. Life is a war. But guess what? Your mind is the battlefield. And you know the war is won when battles are won individually. The war is not just one um, conflict, if you permit me to say that. The war comprises several conflicts and several geographical locations. The group that win many of those battles will eventually win the war, if you know what I mean. So life as it is, is a war already. But the battlefield is in your mind so as many battles as you can win you will definitely win the war but you understand what i'm saying but for christians for us christians the war has already been won jesus won the war two thousand years ago but we need to win the battles of life individually so collectively we can put the enemy under jesus's feet That was the mandate given to us and David in Psalm 110 verse 1 talked about it. 
where he said, The Lord, which is God the Father, said to my Lord, which is God the Son, Jesus, Sit at my right hand until I make thy enemy thy footstool. So the truth is that it is the church that will make Jesus' enemies Jesus' footstool. Jesus also referred to this in Luke 20, verse 43. As you know, life is a roller coaster of unforeseeable events and occurrences. If you have not trained your mind to cope and handle them, you might be thrown off balance, and that is the truth, especially in the face of mounting disappointment. Your psyche is affected if you let it. So, training your mind to cope is imminent. A practical way for you to retrain your mind is by consciously countering negative thoughts. A lot of Christians are skeptical when we talk about the mind because they believe the mind should not be talked about. It is something the psychics or the Eastern religion and all that deal with. And I am, I mean, I shudder that thought because that is where the battles of life is either won or lost. And um, when I hear things like that, I um, I agree with Jesus the more. Not that I disagree with him, but if you know what I mean, his, his truth becomes so real to me because he said, the poor you always have in your midst. It's like saying they're unsuccessful, you always have in your midst. And any day I hear things like that, I, I shudder at the revelation of Jesus Christ because but the mind is so important in either your success or your failure. No, Paul talked about thinking good thoughts, that whatsoever is good, pleasant, pure, holy, and all that. Think of these things. What is he talking about? He's talking about the mind. He's talking about how to retrain your mind because he knows that if your mind is not where it's supposed to be, if your mind is not strong, there's something called mind strength. The way you go to the gym, pick weights, build your physical muscles, the way you read the Bible and pray and build your spiritual muscles, there are mind exercises that build your mind. If not, your mind will suffer a whole lot of consequences. Your mind will suffer defeat. So, the Bible is littered with a lot of scriptures on the mind. And I trust and I believe that as we go through this process, as we go through this series, I'm going to be showing it to you from the Bible. A lot of People are suffering from depression. Um, the rate of suicide is increasing in our land. Unusually, why? It is caused by a lot of things. A lot of things. I'm not going to go into that. But I also know if your mind is tough and strong, you can withstand all those assaults on the mind. And that is the truth. So the marine practice things like marching, cleaning their weapons, and putting on the uniform over and over and over and over again until it becomes a road habit. You can do the same with your thought process. Now, let's look on how we can make this mantra our lifestyle. So, the first one is improvise. When we encounter a problem in everyday living, don't up and run. Take a moment, look around your environment, as well as internally to see what you have around you that you can use. It mightn't appear as much, but if you can find good use for it, you can turn it 
into an asset. Make do with what you have by making the best use of it. Improvise. That's what improvise is. An off-the-cuff classic biblical example was Moses when the Israelites were faced with the Red Sea. Remember that story in Exodus 14? God taught him this crucial lesson after he went crying to God for help. No, verse 15 of Exodus 14 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? So Moses went to cry to God, Help me. The people are worried. They are perturbed. How are we going to go beyond the sea? And there was no jealous beggar or any construction company to build a bridge across the sea. But you know what God did? God quickly reminded him that he already had something in his hand. And what did he have in his hand? His rod. Remember the rod? When God did that demonstration in the backside of the desert, when he called them to go redeem and deliver the children of Israel, he was showing Moses that the rod was an asset. Remember when he told him, throw that rod on the floor, on the ground, and it turned into a snake. He told him, pick it back up. And he did. And he returned back to his rod. When he went to Egypt and he had an encounter with all the magicians of the Egyptians and his own rod swallowed their rods. Remember, God was showing him something. The same rod he used to create the hill that fell on the land. The same rod he used to call in locusts to come and invade the fields of the Egyptians. You know what God told him in verse 15 says, but lift up that same rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. He didn't say stretch <laughs> the rod over the sea and I, God, will divide it. He said, you, Moses, divide it. And the children of Israel go on dry land through the midst of the sea. Wow. He had always had a solution, but he discountenanced it. As far as he's concerned, this is just a dry old stick I'm just using to aid my mobility. How can this stick divide the sea? Another good example is Jesus Christ. Remember when he was faced with feeding about 15,000 people? What did he do? He simply improvised. He didn't focus on the magnitude of the problem, but he rather he focused on what he had, no matter how insignificant it appeared. He can use that resource and make it a worthy asset. He always asked what was available at any time so he could use it. He had a solution mindset, not a problem mindset. Mark 6 verse 38, see what he said. He said to them, how many loaves have ye? He didn't say is there a supermarket here? Is there a market around? He didn't ask. Is there a bakery around? He just asked, what do you have? No matter how small it is, it can be used. I can improvise with that. And guess what? Just like Moses, after that miraculous event, when a similar problem appeared in the field of the 4,000 men, the disciples still didn't get it. <laughs> they still made a mistake of magnifying the problem. One would have thought that the miracle of the 5,000, feeling of the 5,000 would have stuck in their mind. Same mistake Moses made when he was faced with the Red Sea. Listen, listen, listen. 
no matter how big the problem appears to be, the rod of your authority still is the solution to the problem. The same mustard seed faith that you used when you prayed for headache, when you believed God to heal you of that malaria, that same mustard seed faith is what you need to kick cancer out of that life. That is the truth. Secondly, Jesus had to remind them of the breakthroughs of the past. Let me pause here and say something here. Whenever you are faced with a challenge, always count your past and present blessings. Remind yourself how God delivered you those previous years. You know, we're also in the season of Thanksgiving, a time to get so engulfed in our problems that we forget to thank God. Same thing happened to David in 1 Samuel 26 when he came back to his camp and found that the Amalekites have raided the camp and taken everything they own, including their wife, their wives and their children. But he did something. He stopped and encouraged himself in the Lord, like the Bible said. God is relentless in saving and performing miracles. Don't focus on the problem. Always set your eyes on how big God is. When you do, the problem appears less insignificant. Jesus had to remind them. See Mark chapter 8, or from verse 19. When I break the five loose among 5,000, remember he was reminding them of the previous miracle. How many baskets full of fragments took he up? They said unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took he up? And they said, Seven. And he said to them, How is it that you do not understand? And I'm saying that to you. Now you're faced with that rent issue. Now you're faced with that financial problems, with that health issue. You're wondering when God is going to answer that prayer and get for you to get your admission to the university. Some of you are tired of job hunting. You've been put out of a job for years and you are suffering many things in the hands of creditors, people that you're owing. And you're wondering when would your, when would your situation change and turn? I'm reminding you of your past blessings, just like Jesus reminded his disciples of past miracles. Don't get me wrong. I really understand how overwhelming it is when faced with a problem. But the antidote is to make it your life's mission to enroll your mind on a renewal process. When you constantly feed on the word of faith, like the Marines do with constant training, you train your mind to trust God even in the face of despair and disaster. It gets to a point in your life when faith becomes a rote habit. I can go on to give you examples of this in the Bible. What makes using what you have, no matter how small it is, to change a seemingly tough situation is because there is another force at work that magnifies the little resource you brought to the table to produce a miracle. 
Elisha threw dry wood, the only resource he had at the moment, into the river and a heavy iron axe head floated to the top, defying the law of physics. Paul and Silas had nothing to use, but they had praise. They had praise. So what did they do in the prison? They started praising. And what happened? The Bible said when they praised and sang in the prison, an earthquake occurred and shook the prisons at its foundations, and they were freed. The widow of Zarephath gave her last and survived the famine with her son. The prophet's widow had a flax of oil, and with it she filled empty barrels with oil from the small flax. Is it David? David took a sling and five stones to a fight with the giant, and he won. Is it Gideon? Gideon only had 300 men to fight men. The Bible described multitudes that he cannot count the number of the Midianite army, that they were like the sand at the seashore. Yet, with 300 people, he was victorious. What do you have in your hands? I can use it, says the Lord. Let's bring it home. You're wondering why your CV doesn't get the right attention, why your business proposal gets flunged into the bin, why when you speak, people sleep, why you have not passed the exam, how other fashion designers have made better designs than you do, or the makeup artists appear to be more skillful than you. Other cake decorators have their cake turn up brilliant. Or in your business, or in your career, or in your workplace, or in your academics, it appears as if you are lagging behind. Whatever it is, there is one tool you have. If you use it properly and effectively, you can change all of this. And this just give you an example. There are many other things. If you look inward and look around you, you will find you can use to improvise. But have you ever thought about the internet? The internet is one tool that you have you are not using rightly. And if you are reading this article or you are listening to me on the radio, do you know that people spend an average of two hours on social media? That is a whole month every year. And this is just being conservative. To put it in context, imagine looking at your phone for a complete one month doing nothing else every year. Without sleeping, eating or drinking, you're just on the phone for one month. That is the amount of time you spend on social media every year. If you live 80 years, you would have spent at least 7 to 8 years. For some people, it's actually 10 years. Straight, not sleeping, not eating, not doing any other thing. Eight years straight on social media. And like I said, this is just a conservative estimate. That number of hours can get you a BSc, MBA, and PhD. That is the truth. Together, seven years. When you say you spend four years getting your BSc, you didn't actually spend four years getting your BSc. If you take the number of hours you spent in the lecture, treat it that you spend about one year, one and a half years in getting your bsc so in seven years you can get your bsc you can get your mba and you can get your phd you can utilize that time spent to self-improve 
become better. Learn new things that you can actually use to be better your life. And I say again, what do you have in your hand? I can use it, says the Lord. I'm going to end here. I'd love you to join me same time, same same station next week as we look at Adapt. Trust me. Take notes. Trust me. You didn't hear everything I just thought. Go back. I have the podcast. Go to um, Apple Podcast. Just type my name, Chukudumobi. You get all these messages there. Listen to it. Listen to it. And keep listening to it. Share with your friends. Put it on Facebook. Share it on Facebook. Talk about it. The more you talk about it, the more it is instilled in you. The more you become it. And when you become what you listen to, you will actually turn into a success. And if you've not accepted Jesus into your life, this is time for that now. Just say after me, Lord Jesus, I believe you died. I believe you resurrected from the dead. I ask you into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please remember to subscribe to his YouTube channel at Saint Vlog. Follow him on Facebook at Chukudum. Follow him on Twitter at Chukudum O. Follow him on Instagram at Saint T. Subscribe on his blog www.saint.tips with an S to receive the daily devotional and bullet words sent to your email daily. I'm really glad you joined me for this episode. Make sure you tune in next week. Same time, same station. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you. Have a blessed week. You are in for a miracle. See you.